You are listening to the BC Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. This is Matt Gall, joined here, as always, by head coach of the Briarcliff Chargers basketball program, Mark Sfigera. And uh, Mark, let's just jump right into this weekend. You know, I'm no mathematician here, but you guys had two games down at Bellevue, and you won both of them. You can't do a whole heck of a lot better than that, by my count. No, it's, you know, anytime you go into a weekend deal like that, um, you want to always get the first one, obviously. And, you know, I was a little concerned going into it just because of who we were playing on Saturday, you know, playing Bellevue on such a quick turnaround after playing them a week ago. Um, I knew our guys were kind of jacked up to play them again after how, how the game went last week. And I was a little concerned um, you know, that we might overlook Dickinson State, who's, you know, no slouch by any stretch. Um, and then you throw on top of it, it's an 11 a.m. game, which is a little out of the ordinary. And uh, we spent a lot of the week getting the guys up at 5.30 to practice just so we weren't, you know, going on into game day. That's the first time they had to get up at, you know, 6 a.m. for a shooter round or something like that. Um, and we, we came out and, and we played a really, really good first half against Dickinson State. I thought we offensively really shared the ball. You know, I didn't realize it until people started texting me Friday. And then I went back through the stats. We went seven straight possessions where we made a three. And I think on six of those, it was like five, six, seven pass possessions. And that's, that's, that's really good. That's something we talk about a lot, sharing the ball, moving the ball, making the defense move. Um, and so that was really good. And then defensively, I thought for the most part, we were pretty dialed in in the first half. And as we talked about last week, that's it's a work in progress for us defensively, and, and it's something we have to really focus on every single day. And so we did a great job and, and had a nice lead. I think it was 22 going into halftime. And beyond the second half, you know, it wasn't great. I thought we relaxed just a little bit. I thought we gave up some easy baskets early that got them going a little bit, and we were never really able to, to pull away or extend that lead. And I think at one point they got it down to 12. But, uh, you know, we, we got it done. And, you know, like I said, to start the weekend with the win, that's obviously what you want to do. You can't get two if you don't get the first one. And uh, we, we had some really good performances. Connor Groves came off the bench and hit five threes. And I think Klein Hesslink and Friedel both scored 20-plus. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing, we had 26 assists in, in an 80-possession game. That's really good. You know, so if you figure we made, you know, 40-some shots – we assisted on a high percentage of them, and that, that's a really good sign for our team, and, and that's how we want to play. That's how we need to play moving forward. Um, and then, you know, got done with that one and, you know, told the guys we can enjoy this for a little bit here today, but that's it. we gotta, we got to switch our focus to Bellevue. Um, and so that's what we did. And, and so looking at Saturday's game, we knew it was going to be a battle. Um, Bellevue's a really good team. We are, we are very opposite in a lot of ways. You know, I think all their starters are 6'5 or taller. Most of ours are, with the exception of Vasa, are 6'2 or under. Um, we want to play fast. We want to shoot a lot of threes. They want to slow it down. They want to really drive it, attack the basket. Um, so it's really a contrast of styles. And I thought from the get-go, our guys defended at a really high level. Uh, we made a couple tweaks to what we were doing from the first time we played. I thought our guys executed what we what we wanted to do really well. Um, and if we, we really struggled to score. I mean, you know, a game in the 60s and 50s is not the ideal situation for us. Um, but at halftime, we were down three, and, and I thought we'd left some opportunities out there offensively. Um, and I our biggest – point at halftime was we got to keep defending at this level you know we're going to make some shots we're going to go on a little run here and that's pretty much what happened you know with the exception of a couple offensive rebound second chance points we gave up I thought we we did a great job defensively for 40 minutes um, and then finally we made some shots uh, I think we made one or two threes in the first half and and we finished with nine so we got some shots to fall we made our free throws down the stretch and you know it was never completely in the bag and we got up 11, they hit a three, we turn it over, they cut it to six. And, uh, you know, that's, that's good for us to win a game like that where you have to execute late game situations, you know, getting the ball in versus an aggressive press. 
Um, we needed that. And, and I think it's a sign of a, of a team that could be pretty good when you can win playing a style that you don't want to play, that you're not comfortable playing. Um, and so I, I was really, really proud of our guys yesterday. I thought we had said some big time performances. Um, you know, and if you told me going in that we were going to score 64 points and, and Ethan Friedel and Jane Klein Hesling were going to go three for 23 combined, I don't think I would have felt real good about the outcome of that game. But that's just a testament to our guys and, and how, how locked in they were defensively um, for 40 minutes. And that's – we thought that really hurt us the first game against Bellevue. We thought we had a big lapse defensively in the first half. Um, and we just never had that um, yesterday. So – you know, to go 2-0 on the weekend, that's great. Um, those back-to-backs can be challenging because you have such a tight turnaround. Um, but, you know, like I said, really proud of the guys and, and thought they thought they played with a lot of toughness and, and a pretty strong will to win, uh, particularly on, on Saturday. Yeah, what was nice to see, because I was watching I watched both those games online. First of all, <clears throat> Dickinson State, you know, I was watching that game. It was 11 o'clock Friday at work. I'm actually on a Teams call with some people and – Bellevue's audio wasn't wasn't working, so which was fine because I was watching the game and trying to meet with some people at the same time. Well, the audio kicked in about like halfway through the first half, and my speakers were way turned up. And so in the middle of my meeting, I just have my speakers blasting uh, some noise, so everyone's wondering what's going on. So I kind of got caught uh, multitasking. That's awesome. <laughs> you got caught with your hand cookie jar there, Matt. It's the COVID world. You got you got it. I blame myself. You got to be on top of that stuff, but. Uh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I got a lot of text. I don't think anybody was doing anything Friday morning, you know, whether it was friends, family, other coaches. I think everybody was watching that game because there was nothing else going on. And so I, I'm not sure anybody was actually working on Friday, to be honest with you. It's Friday. What do you do? But uh, what I was going to what I was going to say is Saturday. So I was watching that game, too. And I thought what was really exciting, I think one thing we've struggled a lot with just because of the way we recruit and the type of guys we bring in is that we can get beat a lot um, in the paint and we can get exposed a lot with a lot of easy buckets down low. I thought, I thought Bellevue never really had a good lane to the basket. I thought a lot of the, even the, the layups and shots they were taking were contested and, and really difficult for them. So I thought just the way the guys were kind of playing off of each other and making their switches, I thought I thought it was one of the better defensive games I've probably seen in the last five, ten years, to be honest with you. So. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, you know, and we're we're trying to to play a defense that's aggressive, um, on the on the verge of chaotic at times. But I, I think our guys are really starting to buy into it. I think they're really starting to understand when we need to switch, where we need to switch, where the rotation's coming from, where the scramble needs to go to. Um, and so to see it really put together, uh, that, was, that was really encouraging to me. Um, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, I, I prefer coaching offense over defense. I don't think that's any surprise. Um, but, you know, I think I said way back on the first episode this year, if we want to be better, if we want to improve what we did a year ago, we need to be better defensively. And so that's something we, we've spent a lot of time on. I think our guys have really bought into that. I think our guys completely understand, you know, that's going to be the biggest impediment to any success we have this year. Um, and so starting to see that come together is really good, you know, especially in a year where we only have five non-conference games. You know, normally we'd have a few more and you could maybe tweak some things in those games more than you can in a GPAC game. And, you know, now three in, We've got two left this this upcoming week. Um, we need to be very comfortable with what we're trying to do. Is you know a week from now we're going to be talking about GPAC games. Well, before we get into that, let's get into those games that are coming up this week. So we've got two more, um, and that starts Wednesday night up at Presentation in uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota. You guys got a stretch here in South Dakota, I think four or five in a row in the state of South. Yeah, this this is our South Dakota run. I, I told the South Dakota guys on the team we wanted to get it over with early so we don't have to go back. Um, <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, we, we do. We go Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Aberdeen, Madison, Mitchell, Yankton, all in a row. Um, but, uh, you know, we playing presentation, you know, a year ago, we, we beat them twice pretty, pretty handily. Um, they played one game. They lost to Jamestown out of the GPAC, who I think is, is really, really good this year. Um, they played them really close for a half. Um, Jamestown did pull away a little bit in the second half. 
But I think they're a much improved team. I think they're, they're bigger, they're more physical and more skilled than they were a year ago. And, you know, they, they'll present some problems with their size, which that's going to be a broken record this year um, because we're not very big, but we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll have a plan in place to, to handle that. Um, but, other, you know, I, I don't know a ton about them, to be honest. It's, you know, when you get an out-of-conference team with a lot of new guys, you're not familiar with their personnel like I would be with, you know, a GPAC team or a team we play every single year. Um, they're still a program with a second-year head coach. Um, last year he got there, didn't have a chance to recruit anybody because he got the job so late. And so now he's bringing in his own guys and, and all that. But it'll be – I think anytime you go on the road, you're going to be tested. And that's, you know, that's great because we're going to be tested a lot on the road throughout the conference season. Um, but, uh, it's it you know, my guess would be – it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a game we're going to need to play well. We're going to need to execute, um, in particular offensively, what we need to execute. So that's Wednesday night at 7, and then uh, Saturday at 7, uh, up at Dakota State. And, and they've had some pretty competitive, good teams the last several years. I don't know that they've played yet this year. So you're not going to have anything to go off of uh, planning for those guys unless they play sometime during the week. I think I'm pretty sure they play tomorrow night um, okay. against Northwestern. I know they had a couple couple games that had been either canceled or postponed uh, due to some COVID issues, as I understand it. Uh, but, that, you know, Dakota State's a program we probably have a little more familiarity with. Mm. I feel like we've played them every year since I've been at Briarcliff. You know, their assistant coach is a former grad assistant for us, Trevor Flemmer. Um, so we, we, we know those guys – we know they're going to play really hard. They're going to really compete defensively. Um, they kind of mix it up offensively every year. If they were running the triangle for a while, they were running some Princeton stuff. They've run some motion stuff. But that's, you know, nice part is they do play tomorrow. So we will have at least one one game film to go off of. Um, you know, I, I think Dakota State's a tough place to play. Um, you know, and, and in the COVID era, you know, everybody's kind of doing different things. There will be fans there. Both games this week, uh, we'll be able to have fans there, which is nice. You know, it's just another non-conference game. And that honestly, that's our last tune-up before we go to Dakota Wesleyan the following week. And so this is – I think this is a really important week for us. And it's not necessarily about just, you know, we have to win two games or anything like that. It's – I think we need to play really well. I think we need to, to execute our stuff really well to make sure we feel really good about ourselves going into a GPAC week next week. Um, you know, and so obviously the goal is going to be to go 2-0. and but more importantly, I think from the big picture standpoint, the goal is let's play really well and, and do our stuff really, really well. And I, and I think on top of that, too, you know, you look at our early first three games, um, been kind of a goofy schedule. This is as much of a GPAC week as you're going to find. We play Wednesday night and then we play Saturday, you know, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to start to prepare us for what a normal week in the GPAC season is going to look like. And I, I think we need that right now, too. All right, so uh, just again, a reminder, Wednesday at 7 p.m., Wednesday the 4th up at Presentation in Aberdeen, South Dakota, and then Saturday the 7th at Dakota State in Madison, South Dakota. Uh, two games across our western border here. Make sure if, if you're able to make those trips, uh, like Coach said, it sounds like they're going to have fans in the stands, so maybe able to get to that game. But either way, we live in this world now where you can catch pretty much every game online. So uh, one way or the other, make sure you check that out. So with that, we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, this is, this is an exciting podcast for us, Mark, because uh, we're... It's a groundbreaking podcast is what it is, Matt. It, it's groundbreaking. We're breaking down some barriers here. And a little backstory, you know, my wife, who's a fan of the podcast, obviously, and a supporter of, of my creative endeavors, um, she's been giving me crap for the last going on three years now about why we haven't had any women as guests on the podcast here. And I tried to explain, well, you know, we, we're talking about the men's basketball program. We talked to a lot of alumni and coaches and, you know, it's not that we're intentionally leaving anyone out, but you know, she wasn't really buying that excuse. So uh, well, I think I need to add to that, Matt, you know, we have had women's sports coaches on the podcast before. It's just, they happen to be males. That's true. Uh, yep. So, but that being said, so with that, let's go ahead and welcome our guest for today, the head coach of the Briarcliff University women's basketball program, first-year head coach, Britta Hand. And Britta, I know we're recording this on Sunday, November 1st. Uh, you're originally supposed to have your first game of the season today. 
that got moved, uh, you know, with COVID and, and those things, you know, the, the uh, schedule can be a little unpredictable. But that said, you guys will actually be making the trip up to Aberdeen with the men this Wednesday on the 4th, and you'll play presentation at 5 o'clock. So that'll be your first game of the season. And, and we'll get into that here in just a second. But uh, before we get into that, uh, you know, for a lot of our listeners who maybe haven't heard from you yet and aren't, aren't familiar with you, uh, can you just talk about your path and how you ended up at Briarcliff and what the, you know, your first preseason's been like at Briarcliff, not only with a new program, but also in a very unusual time? Yeah, so definitely thanks for having me on, you know, um, definitely enjoy chatting with you two here, but um, I played NAI basketball, so that was kind of my first introduction to what NAI was. Um, we actually played Briarcliff back in the day, so um, got an introduction to what it was like to play Newman Flanagan as an opposing uh, team, and then um, after I graduated, I went on to Division II Truman State and spent three years there, two as a graduate assistant and one as uh, the second assistant. From there, I went on to a Division three school in Illinois, and then um, this past year, came back to Iowa NAI basketball at William Penn as the assistant recruiting coordinator there. So um, then, obviously, this job came open, and was fortunate enough to to make the move to Briarcliff and get to be a head coach and uh, step into that role. So. Um, yeah, our, our first preseason uh, in summer, definitely unconventional, not what you think of when you think of NAI basketball and uh, what you think a preseason is going to look like and whatnot. But, um, you know, the team's working hard or getting after it and, you know, learning to adapt and adjust that as the, the hits come and be flexible and ready to go for anything. So one thing that's always really interesting when a program kind of has a new coach at the helm is basketball is such a game with a lot of diverse philosophies and styles and, and those sorts of things. So, you know, how would you describe your, your philosophy as it relates to the type of program you like to run both offensively and defensively? Yeah. You know, um, we're maybe adjusting a little bit this year for the personnel we have compared to what we, maybe we thought we were going to do once we were able to get on the court and see them in action um, in person. But we're really just trying to teach them the game, teach them our philosophies of, Hey, you know, defensively, kind of like Mark said, we're going to create a little chaos as well. Um, and, and offensively just putting in some things that are going to put us in the best position uh, to be successful. So, um, you know, a few more ball screens than maybe we'd run in a normal year, but that's what we're going to need to get open. So, working on that and really at the end of the day just teaching on the game of basketball you know the different reads they make when they come off a ball screen depending on what the defense does um you know different you know xing out if we trap on the baseline and, and getting out there and flying around so just kind of teaching them more the game of basketball and then when we put it out there on the court uh giving them the tools to go out and play more of a free motion offense and make the reads and hopefully execute so one thing that's really important uh, as a newcomer to sioux city is to uh, find good places to grab lunch. And that's something we've talked about before. So, I mean, people listen to this kind of know where, where Mark and I like to go. What have you found as, as some of your go-to staples for a good weekday lunch? Yeah. You know, haven't been out a ton just because of COVID. Right. Um, uh, I think thousand degrees is one of our go-tos right now as a women's staff. We definitely love hitting that up, hit that up one time with Mark already. Um, you know, We've picked up a, a lot of pizza from different places, it seems yeah. like. Um, but no, we definitely we definitely need some more tips. You know, just we've just hit up around campus, so we haven't ventured too far out. We got the food trucks one day with Mark. So he's introduced us to a few things. But, uh, you know, definitely we could use some more tips of some good local places to hit up other than just some big chains. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like you said, COVID makes it pretty tough because you don't – I mean, you don't want to get out there too much and experience the things that could potentially shut your season down. So I completely yep. get that. But uh, yeah, that said, you know, one of these days when things get back to normal, you're going to have to make sure, Mark, I don't know if you can give Britta a checklist or some of the must, the must, but uh, that's going to be really important as you're, as you uh, get to know Sioux city to, to know where to go eat. Absolutely. So I, I follow social media. It's kind of one of the ways I can stay connected with all the other things I have going on. And uh, yesterday, Halloween, which is a fun holiday normally is toned down a little bit. We took the kids trick or treating, but we were super careful about that. And we still felt a little weird about it, but you know, it, it, I don't know how you can possibly have your kids looking out the window and seeing other kids out there trick or treating. That seems like torture to me. So we were careful and did the right thing. But one thing I noticed is 
Did you run a practice with your players in costume? Is that something that I uh, saw correctly? Yeah, yeah, you saw that correctly on social media. So, um, you know, I was going to tell them they could dress up for the bus trip, you know, to Valley City, uh, have a little fun with it. I think, you know, on the on the women's side, you definitely got to create the experience and those things, you know, just being a female, you know, they like those things. And so what we did is, you know, we practiced at 9 a.m. yesterday. We told them, hey, you can dress up for, you know, the first 30 minutes to practice, and then we'll give you about five minutes to hustle and change into your actual practice gear and then really get going with practice. So we opened up just with our some skill stuff that, you know, we told them they had to be able to do practice and their stuff for the skills. Um, had a little fun with it, and then they hustled. They got changed, and we had a little inter-squad scrimmage at the end there just to get them up and down, kind of simulate a little bit of a game since, you know, we had a inter-squad uh, scrimmage Saturday, and before that we had the uh, – um, actual closed scrimmage at Iowa Central. So um, try to simulate a game as much as we could. But, yeah, we got to have a little fun, you know, keep it light, especially since we were building up for a big game today and then, uh, you know, found out, hey, we're not going to play till Wednesday now. So, yeah. How do you – and maybe this is a question for both of you, but how do you, how do you kind of manage that when, you know, you have to prepare as if you're going to play until you know officially that you don't. You know, when that announcement comes out that that game's going to either get canceled or moved or postponed or whatever's going to happen with it, then you kind of immediately have to adjust, you know, not only your mindset to what's next, maybe it's just practice or maybe it's the next game or whatever it is. But, I mean, how do you manage that? And do you, do you prepare your players, you know, to be ready for anything essentially at this point, just with all things going on? Yeah, I know we talk about a lot about just getting 1% better every day and winning the day, focusing on what we can control and, you know, focusing on us. If we can execute our offense and our defense, you know, um, and our philosophies there, it doesn't matter who will play, we'll be fine. Um, I think for us as well, you know, we hadn't got all the way to the scout where we were, you know, in full scout mode and watched film and everything that was coming up. Um, but for us, you know, any looks we can throw out there at them that we haven't seen yet, you know, it's going to help us get better and prepare for GPAC play and different things we'll see throughout the year. So we just tell them, hey, you know, uh, we've got to be ready to adapt and adjust at any point. Obviously, with COVID, we've seen it affect other teams on campus and their schedules. So we knew, you know, at some point we're going to have a game postponed or moved. So, you know, we talk about those things, but we really fo try to focus on us and what we can control. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're lucky we get to play on Wednesday and don't have to wait two more weeks, hopefully. Yeah, and I, I think Britta hit the nail on the head, you know, just talking about controlling what you can control. And we, we from day one, talked to our guys about the fact that this is just going to be a year and a season unlike any other. And, you know, I just keep telling our guys, like, we get a chance to play. I said that Thursday night, you know, when I, I, I mean, I just told them, like, hey, 11 a.m. on a Friday is very strange. You don't do that very often, if, if ever but we get to go play. So let's just make the best of it. And I, you know, talking to coaching friends around the country, um, you know, I talked to a couple this past week that they just found out they're not going to play at all this year. And, you know, so I'll, I'll tell our guys, just think of what that team would do to trade places with you. And so let's be flexible. Let's be ready to, to pivot on, you know, short notice if we have to. And, you know, if you think back, Matt, we had a situation last year. If you remember, we were supposed to play uh, at Dakota Wesleyan on a Tuesday, and actually it had had their coach on our podcast on Sunday, and there was going to be a big blizzard coming. Right. And we looked all through the schedule trying to find dates when we could make this game up because it just wasn't going to happen. We were not getting there on a Tuesday. And we ended up Monday at noon, decided to play the game Monday at 8 o'clock that same day. And, you know, I told the guys the same thing then. Like, hey, be ready to go. We didn't have practice in between. We didn't have a scouting report. I wrote up a scouting report on the marker board right before we left for Mitchell. And, you know, we lost the game. I don't think that's why at all. Um, but that's just going to happen, you know. And I that's, an, that's a strange situation. But I think we're going to have – there's not a team in college basketball that's going to go through a year without having a game moved, postponed, whatever it is. And so we just have to be ready to, to deal with it and – that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's the fact that we're able to play these games. You know, if you would ask me in, in April, are we going to be playing in the fall? I would have said, well, yeah, I mean, this thing's going to blow over and it'll all be good. And then if you would have asked me again in 
you know, late August, early September, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I thought we'd be lucky to have, have you guys back and here we are. So yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, we're looking forward to, to seeing how things go, you know, on Wednesday, obviously first look at the women's team. And so with this game on Wednesday, uh, Britta, this will be your first game with your, your new coaching staff. You started with the program this last spring um, in April. And so uh, talk about your, your staff, where they come from, and how, uh, how valuable they've been to what you do in, in your first year as a head coach. Yeah, so my, my assistant, uh, Coach Jasmine Soar, has been awesome. Um, you know, she was a four-time NAA All-American player herself out at Lewis and Clark, and then um, coached, you know, went overseas and played, um, did a few other things, got back into coaching when she got back, was at Providence for a year, um, which on the women's side, you know, traditionally a very good program out in the frontier. Uh, and then she made the trip to Idaho State, so Division One assistant. Uh, and then just was lucky enough, you know, she loved the NAI. She played in it just like I did. And uh, there's just something about NAI basketball that you get it to give your athletes that, uh, you know, we talk about all the time that you can't do with NCAA restrictions you get put on you at those levels. Um, so I was lucky enough, you know, uh, her husband's from Illinois, so he's familiar with the Midwest that um, just kind of met through a mutual friend, a guy I played for and worked for, and then he had talked with her a few times. So I uh, was lucky enough to bring her on staff, and she's been amazing, you know, um, stepped right in right away. You know, didn't have to do a, do a ton of training with her. You know, she's got a great eye for talent um, on the recruiting side, which is awesome because she is our recruiting coordinator. Uh, so having her there is big time. And then as well as, well, you know, in games, she can see things and make adjustments and talk to the kids while I'm doing other things. So, you know, that, that's always a huge help. Um, we also uh, just hired a GA um, in October. So uh, got Bianca here and uh, she was actually the GA out of Idaho State last year as well. So, uh, you know, her familiar uh, with Jasmine is awesome. Uh, you know, with COVID and things, things shifted out there to D1 level. They didn't have the budgets. And luckily, you know, we, we had a GA spot open. And we're able to get her out here. She played uh, junior college ball, then went on to play NAI basketball as well. So, you know, she's also very familiar with uh, the NAI and how we do things and, you know, how competitive it is and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's great to have them there to help and, and to get their opinions and see what they see, different things they've done, all of us having played in different programs and coached different places. Hey, what can we put together to put our team in, in the best situation to be successful? Because that's, that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day is win games. It doesn't really matter whose idea it is or where it's coming from. Uh, we just want to put, put a product out there that's going to put us in a good position as a team. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and you know, the, the three of you have had, you know, the task of taking over a program that had, uh, you know, a coach who'd been here a long time. And so obviously there's an adjustment for the players who are with the program to get acclimated with a new coach, new style, you know, and also to help bring in the young players uh, into that culture that they themselves are kind of learning with you themselves. So how have you felt about the upperclassmen leadership in terms of helping the team, you know, adjust to the new staff and also to bring in the young players um, into a time that's not only, you know, obviously different for them with, a new coach coming in, but also with the COVID and all that stuff that we've talked about on top of it, it's just a lot of transition and change going on. Yeah, and we're definitely still a, a very, very young team. You know, we don't have a ton of upperclassmen when you think of traditionally your juniors and seniors. You know, um, Logan can't play this year just because of injuries, so we really only have one true senior. Um, then we have about four juniors, but Maya didn't even play last year, so she's technically a sophomore on the court. So um, just, a, just a young group all together. You know, um, it's exciting definitely to have all these returners back that – as freshmen, um, as you, sophomores had a ton of playing time. And, and so to get to put that out there, but the, you know, our freshmen are working hard and we talk to them all the time about, Hey, create, create the experience you want, the environment you want and talk to them about, Hey, this is the culture we're building. This is what we want, you know, even more than we talk to our team because they don't know, they don't know anything else. This is their first year in college basketball. And then, you know, with the other kids that, you know, I went through a coaching change when I was in college after my sophomore year, um, I had coach. Coach went to Truman State, where I eventually ended up working for her. But, um, 
you know, so I've been through it as a player. So maybe it's a little different perspective for me as a coach, but just talking to him, Hey, these are our expectations. Hey, reminder, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is what we, how we're going to act on the court, off the court, just different things. You know, I think the more you talk about it, the more it gets in their head and um, you know, they've, they've really run away with it and done a great job of, you know, building it. But I think culture is something you got to talk about every day. You can't just expect it to be there um, and that they just know things. So maybe they get sick of me talking about it so much, but you know, when you're trying to build it and buy, get the buy-in and all of those things, you know, we tell them we're looking, we're looking for kids that want to play and buy in and do the right things, whether that's you're playing 40 minutes or you're, you're not getting in the game, you know, it's all just as important when you're building a culture and establishing, you know, yourselves and trying to, trying to compete in the G pack. So, you know, they've done a great job. I think, you know, they approached it with an open mind, which is all we asked is, you know, drop your comparisons, have an open mind. It's going to be different than anything you've experienced and um, really just run away with it. And they've done a great job so far. Yeah, every, everything I've seen in media day and different interviews, it seems like the kids are buying in and, and I think that's great. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how things go. Um, again, with your first game, and then as we get into the G Pack, and I know you said you're familiar with the G Pack uh, because you've you've played some of those teams uh, during your playing days. Um, as you know, you know it's it's a, a very very good NAI uh, women's basketball conference, um, arguably the best. I don't even know if it's arguable. I think that's just established, uh, in my opinion. But um, you know, coming into a conference where really there's no easy game on the schedule, both on the women's and men's side, uh, really. And I know everyone says that, and, and uh, that's kind of coach speak to an extent uh, sometimes. But, you know, in this case, it's, that's just the fact. I mean, uh, traditionally, we've had on the women's side probably a minimum of four teams in the national tournament, uh, probably a minimum of two or three in the final four most years. I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. So, you know, coming into the GPAC – as someone who had some familiarity, but not a ton of um, direct experience, you know, how have you gone about studying the programs that you are now tasked with uh, competing with on a, on a regular basis? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a grind for us. Um, you know, we have looked at a ton, a ton, you know, since we hit, hit preseason here, you know, obviously in the off season, watched a lot of film of what other teams wanted to do, but uh, you know, Again, I, I think it's more of what can we do defensively um, and what chaos can we create and how can we control and, you know, just that culture of, hey, you know, we're going to play hard, whether we're up 20, down 20, you know, night in and night out, like you said, it, it's a battle. So, you know, expect to win when you walk in somewhere. And I think it's more of a mindset thing we're trying to create with our kids, you know, don't walk in thinking, oh, you know, they're top of the league. We were picked eighth. You know, we're, we don't got a shot at this. You know, you play the game for a reason and, and trying to create that mindset because we definitely have athleticism and we have some talent and we have those things. So it's more of, hey, you know, believe in yourself. If we do these things, then we're going to be okay. Um, and so it's probably more of that. And, you know, obviously uh, film-wise, you know, Coach and I watch a ton, ton of film. We'll have a scout put together and whatnot. But, again, it just comes down to executing and what can we find that the other team struggles with that, we can put out there with our team and recreate maybe that another team does against them uh, that they just didn't handle well, that we can get it easy adjustment we can make on our end to put, put our team in a better position. So, you know, again, with COVID, we tell them, hey, we got to focus on us and what we can control even more so than in other years because, uh, you know, we could think we're playing one team on Wednesday and another team on Saturday, and it could be two completely different teams if, if COVID hits anybody. So, um, right. you know, I, I I'm excited to get going in the GPAC and whatnot, but we also, you know, when we talk about winning the day, we talk about, you know, focusing on one day, taking the, breaking it down, not focusing on, you know, all 25 games um, and winning them all at the start of the season. So my last question here before we get into our starting five category is you may notice on the uh, sideline where you coach that there might be a small depression or dent in the floor from where coach Figuera likes to stomp his foot. Speaking of your own personal coaching style, uh, are you going to contribute to making that uh, hole deeper or are you not necessarily a foot stopper? There could probably be a little bit of a deeper hole there, you know, just, with, <laughs> you know, they can't hear my voice that well. And then you add a mask over it. I mean, I might need an air horn on the bottom of my shoe or something to, to get their attention in that gym. Um, That's you know, a genius idea. I know just some, maybe I'll wear some uh, tap shoes or something. So when I, <laughs> 
bang that foot, they can hear it over there, get their attention a little better. But no, I'll probably be contributing to that uh, little hole right there. Excellent. <laughs> so with that, you know, uh, Britt, I, I think uh, I think you've heard of the podcast. I don't know that you're a longtime listener yet, but I, I'm I'm sure you will be at some point. Um, you've had a chance to catch up on on all of the episodes which are all available so what i would recommend is just take like a three-day period maybe after the season once you have some time just knock them all out back to back to back to back but that said i'll fill you in on what the starting five is so each week we have a starting five category that i pick um, or we invite our listeners to to pick uh, with us but in this case i picked one for this week where uh, you each will share your starting five. So if you had a roster based on what I'm going to give you, uh, what would that roster be? Last week it was underrated bands. So uh, coach and then our guests talked about the five underrated bands in their opinion. We're going to go a little bit different direction today. And, uh, you know, I was, I was cooking some, uh, some fries. We've got two kids. So obviously we cook a lot of chicken nuggets, French fries, easy stuff. And I had, waited forever on buying an air fryer I wanted nothing to do with it just because everyone's got one and I'm sick of hearing about how great these air fryers were and I'm a little bit of a nonconformist in that way so I didn't want to get one just because everyone else was getting one but uh, Amazon Prime Day had one that was super and so I bit the bullet bought the air fryer and uh, it's one of the best things I ever bought just because it's it's easy quick the kids could run it uh, and so that got me thinking like what other household items are things that, you know, I maybe wouldn't have thought of at first, but are things that now that I have them, I can't live without. So I'm curious on the two of you, what your thoughts are on must have household items. And I'm not talking about silverware and the stuff you gotta have. That's not what I'm looking for. Of course that can be on your list. It might be a little boring, but what I'm looking for are those things that you might not think of right away that are super important uh, to have. So with hey, a real quick, Matt, yeah, I've been very anti air fryer as well. And I'm going to throw I've been very anti Instapot as well. And I'm, I'm to the point where I just well, I absolutely <clears throat> refuse to get one. I, I want nothing to do with either one. And not that I don't respect your opinion on things because I do. But your your little uh, your little talk about the air fryer didn't sway me one bit. I, I don't blame you because I completely understand. I was in the same boat. We were you know, we're at home a lot more now. Uh, I was just looking for ways that the wife and I can cook a little bit easier and faster. And I don't regret it. We do have an Instapot, I will say, and we never use it. So yeah, it just takes up space. That's, that's how it is for most people, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, but, you know, I'm not going to go through my whole list, but just a few things that would, that would be on mine. Um, you got to have a good cordless drill, like variable speed drill that you use as a screwdriver drill, all those sorts of things, put brushes on them to clean out grout and stuff like that. Got to have a good drill. Uh, one of those three in one ladders where you can, you know, click the notches and turn it in. That's a good one. Extension ladder or an A ladder or just a short ladder. Got to have one of those. Uh, and then the last thing I'm going to mention, those little magic eraser sponges, but don't spend money on the brand name magic erasers. Go to Amazon and you can buy, I think it's called melamine or something is, is what the, the foam is called. But if you go on Amazon, you can buy a huge pack of them for like 10 bucks. I mean, they're, they're super nice for cleaning off countertops and cupboards and all that. But what I did find is it, it is abrasive. So if you've got a surface that has like a gloss or something to it, you can ruin it. So be careful with those things, but uh, they've got us out of a lot of binds. So that's, that's my... Who, who knew you were such a Susie homemaker? You're learning, <laughs> hey, you learning what, a lot about Matt Gall today. You do what you got to do. So let's hear it. What are your starting fives? Mark, we'll start with you. All right. So um, when you text me what the topic was, I had already kind of thought I'm going to go beyond the basics here because, you know, obviously if you live in the Midwest, you need a, a good lawnmower, you need a good show, snow shovel, um, all those things. But uh, for me, things I need at my house, number one, I need my Traeger smoker. That's going to be, that's playing the point guard position. Have to have it. Use that pretty much every weekend when it's nice outside. Unfortunately, it is time consuming. So with the basketball season in full swing now, my, uh, my days of smoking are probably pretty much done for a few months, but I got to have my smoker. Um, had that for a year and a half now and never regretted buying it once. My wing players. First, my espresso maker. 
was a great purchase my wife got during uh, the early part of quarantine. And it's, I, we probably use it three or four mornings a week um, to make coffee. So that, that's, been a, that's been a huge upgrade to the Spaghetti Kitchen. Um, as well as my next wing player, which is our Ninja Blender. We have gotten into smoothies big time. And I've always liked them. It was always kind of a pain to make them. Some things never got chopped up quite right until we got a legitimate blender. And that's been a game changer for my breakfast routine. Uh, so there's two, basically two breakfast things that I use almost every single day. Um, and then my last wing player is, I think you need a really good quality Bluetooth speaker. It's no secret that I'm a huge music fan and also a huge podcast fan. And I use that thing every single day for a couple hours. You want a good one, need some good sound, good bass when you're listening to music, especially, you know, you get me into some of the 90s gangster rap stuff. I need some good ba bass on there. Can, I, can then, I jump in here on that one real quick? Yes. I'm going to make this a little weird, but I agree with you on that. I will tell you, we redid our bathroom uh, last summer. Um, and one thing we bought was the fan and the light that's in the ceiling, two speaker put in it. So we have a Bluetooth speaker in our shower now, which that's uh, unbelievable. It's awesome. Yep. I love it. Um, and then my, my post player is I need something to exercise in my house. And we have, we have a, we have a Nordic track bike and also have a, a kind of mini weight room in our basement as well. And that's something that um, I kind of figure if, if I don't do it when I have it in my own house, I'm probably not going to do it. So it gives me an excuse to work out. Um, it's convenient that way, but it's something that we've pretty much had that the whole time we've lived in Sioux city and, you know, it just makes it so much easier. It, it pretty much takes away any excuse that, you know, if you don't want to work out, you don't really have an excuse not to, like, I don't have to drive to the gym. I don't have to walk across campus. If I'm here at Briar cliff, um, I just walk downstairs and, and get it done. So, those are my must-haves for a homeowner beyond the basics. Excellent list. Uh, Britta, let's turn it over to you. What do you have? Yeah, well, so I just bought a house, so um, I'm learning all these things that, uh, you know, <laughs> you have to have to be able to, to fix stuff or do stuff around the house. So, um, you know, I'm right there with Mark. You know, I got a smoker when I got my house. Uh, uh, mine's a green mountain, though, so I don't know, you know, probably tastes the same when it comes off, but, you know, this fall, that's been huge to be able – to just put something on that, come inside, you know, work on some basketball stuff and kind of let it sit there, not think about it. Um, Jasmine loves it. She's over here all the time bringing her fish over to put on it. So, you know, that's definitely been a women's basketball favorite as well. So, you you know, make the investment, get a smoker, you know, it's awesome. So um, my next one is probably, uh, you know, a crock pot and kind of a little bit of old school, not the air fryer or the, uh, whatever the other thing is you guys talk about. I'm not a big cook, so it's more like whatever I can just put on there and forget about. Same thing, you know, coaching. You can uh, you can buy prepackaged things at Walmart where you literally just dump it in and then you can go to work all day and you come home after practice and, and it's ready to go. So, you know, I got to have one of those. Um, the next thing is internet. I lived without internet here for a while until uh, they could get out here and get it hooked up. So, you got to have some good internet so you can get your music and different things, uh, film going. So definitely got to have the internet. Um, you know, I, I think another big one, um, I found out you need, you need a wet dry vac. Um, you know, it's just, you don't want to suck everything up with your normal vacuum because uh, that will wreck it. Yep. Don't learn that the hard way. Um, and, like and, you yeah, have a story. No, I know. I was just told I was about to use it for something. And then, you know, my dad told me, do, do not do that. You know, yeah. you might wreck it. Uh, you need a wet dry back for that, you know, so got one of those. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta have a dog. You can't have a house without a dog in it. So, um, you know, my dog's all, my dog's all around. She's pretty much like, um, a kid to me. So she'll be in the office. She'll be different places, but you know, I don't think I grew up with dogs, a house is in a home without a dog. So gotta have one of those. Hey, fun, fun, quick, fun, quick side story about Britta's dog. <laughs> And I'm sure she remembers this too, but I, I was on the, you know, the search committee for, for our new women's basketball coach when, when coach got hired back in the spring. I think it was on the first, first like Zoom interview we did with her. Um, 
all of a sudden it was like, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes left in, in the deal. It was kind of a pre-planned time period and her dog just started barking. And I, you know, being that I'm a, a dog owner myself, uh, I instantly, you know, it's kind of felt bad for her because there's, there's nothing you can do in that situation. And I just, she played it off really well. I mean, she just kind of called it out, said, Hey, I think my dog ran out of, you know, her treat or whatever it was, but I just, I, I just, it just made me think of that. And I remember laughing after the fact about it. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, she thinks she's a little guard dog. She's a golden doodle. She's the sweetest thing ever, but if she sees a stranger walk by, it's uh, all bets <laughs> off. And I'd frozen, like she had a Kong and I'd put peanut butter and treats in it and froze it so that it would like take longer. But you know, she's, she's pretty quick at those things. And she, yeah, she got all the way through it. And then somebody we didn't know walked by and it was all bets off. She was going after him. No, the dog, great pick. That was good thinking outside the box. I hadn't even thought of that when I was going through the things I would include, but I think, I think that's maybe the best one mentioned by anybody. Maybe like a fenced in yard. It's been so nice to have a fenced in yard, having a dog, like that's highly underrated for people that have a fence. They forget what it's like to have to walk your dog four times a day. So it can go to the bathroom. <laughs> Right. And a lifesaver. All right. Well, great starting five list. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, you know, if you have a suggestion for a starting five that you'd like to hear from Coach Figuera and our guests, uh, send those to us. I'll talk about uh, listener questions and those things here in a bit. But before we do that, uh, you know, we, we always go right from our starting five into our Coach Figuera's life rule. And, uh, you know, it's an important thing that our listeners you know, who a lot of them just kind of wander through life without an idea of what's going on, you really seek his wisdom to make sure that they can do the right things on a day-to-day basis. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mark and let's hear what you got this week. Well, I try to be topical, Matt, with these, um, you know, and so I was presented with a pretty good opportunity this week. And my life rule is go vote if you haven't already. Um, you know, I think it's all of our civic duties to do it. I think it's important. Um, it's something I grew up, you know, I just remembering my parents going to vote. It's something I've always done and something I've talked to our team about. I tell them, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what your personal opinions are. Um, I'm more than happy to talk politics with you if you want to come to the office. But, uh, you know, I just think it's an important thing. And, you know, if you vote for somebody other than who I do, so be it. You know, that's your right. That's your opinion. And, and I can respect that. But I think we should all do it. So if you haven't done it, you've got two days left now. Get it done. Excellent point. Like I said, if you have any ideas for shout outs or if you have a question on uh, maybe where coach stands on a certain thing um, for his life rules, or if you just have questions and comments in general, make sure you get those into us. A few ways you can get your questions and comments into us, uh, Twitter at BC Buckets Cast or through email at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. Coach, another week of questions here. So uh, yeah, I'm about to start calling people out by name um, if we don't start getting questions. I, I know people are listening because I can see how many times uh, people have listened to this. So don't be bashful. Uh, let us let us know what you're thinking about and let Coach respond to it. So, again, you can get those into us, uh, as I said. Otherwise, shoot Coach a text, uh, shoot me a text, email, however you can get it to us. We'd love to hear from you. So with that, we always kind of wrap things up here with our shout out section. And I'm gonna go ahead and get started. And uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, my classmates. So I recently, within the last year or two, decided to go back to school. And I know there's a few of my classmates who listen to the podcast. Uh, so I'm gonna give a shout out to them. We have, we have three weeks left of class until finals. So it's, it's getting uh, kind of ultra stressful right now, but uh, hang in there. Uh, everybody who, who listens to this, we're all in the same boat. We're gonna get through it. And, Soon enough, we'll have like a month and a half where we don't have to read for seven hours a night. So I'm going to give a shout out to all of my classmates. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give a quick shout out to the guys uh, on our bench. These first couple games, you know, we were at home last week with no fans this past weekend down in Bellevue, it was limited fans. And I thought our bench guys did a great job of just bringing a lot of energy and, and making some noise in the gym. And, you know, that's something as a coach, I probably don't do a good enough job of recognizing how important that is. But I thought in particular the first half yesterday where our defense is right in front of our bench, I thought that was a huge part of the start we were able to get off to defensively. And, and that's something it's, it just makes such a huge difference, especially on the road or in a situation where you don't have a lot of fans. So shout out to all those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my shout out just goes, you know, obviously to the team. 
um, you know, their ability to, to adapt and be flexible, not only with, you know, the coaching change that took place, but with COVID and how it's already, you know, changed our preseason, what it looked like, changed our schedule and, you know, obviously um, changed just how we kind of live in general. Um, so not only have they made that, that um, adaptable for them, but they've also, you know, bought into what we're trying to do. Well, coach, uh, you know, thanks for coming out. It was really great meeting you here and talking to you a little bit. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Like I said, you made history here. So this, this episode of BC Buckets will probably be in the Library of Congress at some point. I, I would imagine uh, it'll be documented in some way. But, uh, you know, all that, we appreciate you coming on. I'm really excited to see how things go uh, for you and, and your program here in this first year, especially with everything else going on. It, it sure seems to me like you've got a good cohesive group of players. And, uh, you know, I guess one last thing or one last question, you know, what would you say to our listeners and our fans um, in terms of what they can expect to see when they come watch uh, this, this kind of new era of Briarcliff University basketball? Yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be up tempo, you know, um, an up tempo defensive style, up tempo offense. So, um, you know, get out there and watch our bench does a great job of, you know, bringing energy to us as well, just like Mark said with his, but so they're, they're a hoot to watch and listen to if you can sit behind the bench and, and hear some of the stuff they say, it, it's hilarious, but you know, as far as on the court, you know, it's, it's going to be up tempo, it's going to be fun and, you know, we're going to try to play kind of fast. So, um, should be a fun year. All right. Well, and like we said, uh, that season will get underway Wednesday along with the men, uh, November 4th up at Presentation College up in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Women will play at five o'clock, men will play at seven o'clock. So make sure if you're not making the trip up there, make sure you catch that online. Uh, it'll be the first game of the year for the women. Men are trying to go three and one here uh, early on in the season. And then fast forward to Saturday, men will be playing at Dakota State up in Madison, South Dakota. Same thing. If you can catch that game in person, it uh, sounds like they're going to have fans in the build. Otherwise, you'll be able to catch that game online. So with that, on behalf of Coach Figuera and Coach Hand, my name is Matt Gall. We will talk to you.